Hello, I'm Wendy McGee. Welcome to episode 19 of the Round Trip Podcast. I'm using this show to talk about my 2019 solo trip across Canada on my Can-Am Spider. And there's a book coming. It should be out hopefully sometime early next year. I'm currently describing the return trip, and this week I focus on Saskatchewan. Join me on my journey. My first boss back in Saskatchewan was a food stop. No surprise there. It was Original Joe's in Swift Current, where I struck up a conversation with anyone that wanted to talk. Maybe it's the artist in me, but I love the look of the far rolling fields and the way the colors played off the meadows. The waitress told me that her favorite sight was the bluish-purple waves of flax fields in bloom. When the winds moved them, it was almost like an ocean. Sadly, they were all harvested by the time I drove through, and I missed that image. It's on my list for another trip. The meal was delicious. As usual, I was starving, and I had a quinoa mushroom burger with cheddar and fries, and I devoured every crumb. My next pit stop was near the town of Morse. I pulled into a dirt parking lot to take some pictures of Reed Lake. It was undoubtedly the largest one that I'd seen in Saskatchewan. I was drawn to the pale green color. At least that's how it appeared under the mostly overcast sky. The lake is 14 kilometers long and up to 4 kilometers wide in some places. There was even a mile-long train rolling by on the tracks north of and parallel to the highway. A distant grain elevator completed the picture. It was another iconic shot for my mind, as my photographs simply don't do it justice. I had chosen an Airbnb for my stop in Moose Jaw. Colette, my hostess, is a warm and friendly woman who leads a local chapter of the Red Hat Ladies. I had heard about the organization in passing, but never really paid a lot of attention. The Society is a group of like-minded women approaching 50 and over, which encourages connection through fun and friendship. Colette, a queen, which is what a leader of the organization is called, has so much energy and is a genuinely caring woman who loves people. It was a pleasure to meet and chat with her. I asked about Mac the Moose. I don't recall ever hearing about this particular roadside attraction before, and my cousin-in-law Dave told me it was one to watch for on my way out to Moose Jaw. Colette told me the story about how Mech was currently without antlers. Apparently, Norway had the audacity to erect a very sleek-looking silver moose that was 30 centimeters taller than Mech and took away Moose Jaw's title. The story received international attention as a result of the friendly feud between our countries, and after various suggestions, including adding skates or a Stetson, it was decided to perform an antlerectomy. The old pair were removed, and a brand new set was scheduled to be reinstalled at any time to get the title back. Incidentally, there is a snowbird jet installed alongside Mac, so I got to see two roadside attractions for the price of that one stop. I would stay in Moose Jaw for two nights to sit out some incredibly wet weather that was on its way, and took advantage of the time. The next day, I checked out another Moose Jaw draw that was new to me, the Tunnels Tours. I bought the combination ticket for two tours illuminating parts of Canadian history. The first was the Passage to Fortune, and the second was the Chicago Connection. The former is a Chinese immigrant's journey, which was rather heart-wrenching. A guide greeted those of us on the outing as if we were newly arrived Chinese immigrants ready to work in the laundry. It illustrates the conditions that they lived and the treatment to which they were subjected. This experience was another eye-opener for me because other than knowing that the Chinese were instrumental in building the railroads, I really didn't consider their experience in Canada. Most were brought over and had to spend their hard-earned money to pay back a debt for their passage. They came to Canada expecting a brand new life where they would earn enough to bring their families over. 
yet they were paid so little and forced to live underground in cramped and dirty quarters while they barely covered their original liability. They were basically slave labor. The second tour, centering on Al Capone's connection to the city, was entertaining and based on accounts that he spent time in Moose Jaw, convenient because of the trains coming from Chicago through Minneapolis to the city. I got to be a gangster for a few minutes as we walked through shady offices, a nightclub, and secret doors. Not going to lie, I rather enjoyed it. After the tours and an amazing lunch at Brown Social House, where I had a great chat with Diane, the manager, it was time for a little pampering for both Bullwinkle and myself. I found a self-serve car wash to give Bullwinkle a much-needed bath, and then I was off to the Sahara Spa for a massage. It was a perfect day. The next morning, the rain had mostly stopped, and I had to continue my trek east. It was three Celsius and felt like minus one, and I think that I was wearing every piece of clothing that I brought. I made another stop in Musiman before leaving Saskatchewan and struck up a conversation with some fellow Nova Scotians. Maritimers always find each other. For now, it's contest time. The winner of last week's painting of the hay bales and windmills was Chad Benoit. Thank you to everyone who is listening. I just checked the analytics and I've now had listeners in 17 different countries. This week's prize is a painting of Mac the Moose. It's not quite finished, so I'm showing you the photograph on which it's based. You can win it by telling me what the temperature was when I left Moose Jaw. Thank you for listening. My name is Wendy, and remember to laugh. L-A-F. Love yourself. Act and be fearless. Have an awesome week, everyone.